0: 1961, Carrick Homes has been delivering innovative home designs in unique neighborhoods. Visit CarrickHomes.com. That is K-A-E-R-E-K-Homes.com. Or call 414-321-5300 to see how you can with Carrick.
1: We drove by the Glen at Cedar Creek, and it didn't take long after that, and we were new homeowners single-family home comfort complete with outdoor maintenance services that's what scott and susie coon discovered with cornerstone development in cedarburg the living room and the kitchen the whole space makes it look much bigger than it really is check out cornerstones other condominium neighborhoods in muskego franklin and brookfield too for more information visit cornerstonedevelopment.com
0: Good morning. It's time for the Redefined Realty Show with Wisconsin's number one 3.99% brokerage, Redefined Realty. I'm Bob Tarantino, president of Redefined Realty and host of the show right here on News Talk 1130 WISN and nationwide on iHeartRadio. We're live from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. every Saturday and can't wait to take your calls. The phone lines are open and the team is coming into the studio right now. Give us a call or shoot us a text during the show. We'll get the phone numbers to you shortly. My favorite shows are when the listeners are actively involved in discussing topics important to them. Hope to talk to you soon.
1: And Realty Show is on WISN live in studio with your host, Bob Tarantino. I'm Paul Kronforst. It's almost football season. Getting close. We're getting there, Bob. Badger's... Um yeah, it's, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, of Camp Randall with that uh, remodeling job they did. It looks really cool. Hmm, I have not uh, really seen any of that yet. Four weeks away, Spencer says, from the first Badger game. Family night, of course, at Lambo last night. So it's got that transition feel. We go through this, and this affects the real estate market, Bob, with families kind of wrapping up the summer. State fair is going on, right? Yep. Going back to school. I know kids hate this, but <laughs> hey, we're, we're about three weeks away from school starting, right? And then you get into fall. I like this time of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, September, October, mm. I mean, just spectacular
0: months in Wisconsin. And a lot of times, even November is pretty good. You know, we start getting some of those colder days, and once in a while, we see a little bit of snow, but you can get a nice two- to three-month stretch there where it's, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. Sometimes you still hit the 80s, and uh, that's pretty
1: darn nice. So things in the real estate world. will start with this. Since we're live, we'd love to take your phone calls, any question, if you're a buyer, a seller, or looking, you know, just thinking down the road or actively involved in selling a home, buying a home. Bob's company, Redefined Realty, 3.99% commission. And I, I think we should almost stress that more, Bob, especially nowadays when there's a lot of 6%ers still out there. We often ask the question, why would you pay 2% more when you don't have to that's just it we're a full service real estate
0: company just like the six percenters are we use the exact same multiple listing service that they do so we have all the same marketing tools That's the key to everything is the marketing tools. You know, what do you do? How are you going to get my house out there for sale? How's everybody going to know it's available and know the price and get in contact with your agents? We use the exact same system, the multiple listing service that every 6% broker uses. And so from a marketing standpoint, there's really nothing different. And what it comes down to is, Are you comfortable with a commission plan that's 6% or would you rather pay 3.99? Are you comfortable with the agent that you pick? So what I can tell you about the agents, I mean, everybody's going to prefer the 3.99. I don't think we even need to talk about that. There's really no reason why you wouldn't prefer 3.99% versus 6 But from an agent standpoint, our agents are so experienced, such hardworking people, knowledgeable about day-to-day activities, market conditions, and the reason I can say that they're more experienced than almost all the six percenters out there is because they do more transactions on a yearly basis um, that's one of the, the things with a six percent agent if you become a six percent agent you're trying to go basically a low volume high commission business with our business model our agents are high volume lower commission business and that benefits you as the seller you want to pay the lower commission but you also want the agent with more experience we give you both so it, it's a great uh, business model the sellers out there that we work with i mean you can check out our google reviews paul we're way over 400 uh, five star google reviews yeah now. they're on your website yep right on the website you can search uh certainly search um uh, redefined realty.com just google it and you'll find the google reviews there i encourage you to go and do that independently look at those yourself and see what kind of things people are saying about us because i can talk to you on the radio all day long and tell you how great we are and how great the commission plan is And not that that shouldn't matter to you to a certain degree, but what should matter even more is what other past
1: clients are saying. So this last week, Bob, oh, you know what? Let's open up phone lines first. Let's get that out of the way because we're going to change things up this week a little bit. Now, you're in Meyer's store, so we've been giving away state fair tickets the last month or two. Well, we can't do that now because you won't get the ticket in time. Um, we've been giving away Meyer gift cards because you're in three local Meijer stores. So that's where we'll start. Waukesha, West Bend, and the Sussex Pewaukee store. That's your main headquarters inside the Meijer stores. But today, we're going to give callers Starbucks gift cards.
0: And you know what's interesting is the Starbucks are in most of the Meijer stores.
1: They are you, yeah, right. so
0: um, I just walk yeah. in and uh, Monday morning I walk in, I grab a couple of uh, gift cards, ten dollar gift cards, and then we 'll mail those out to the callers, and that way they can mix it up a little bit, get a cup of coffee, or my
1: favorite, the java chip frappuccino, we get the iced coffee in summer, I like the oh, ice yeah. caramel. Ice Starbucks, uh, for 10 bucks that could get you two coffees. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Coffee and a half. <laughs> Coffee and a half. So, uh Spencer, we're going to get the name and address. We send these out to you. You do nothing. You just give Spencer the name and address. We'll send you a Starbucks card, a gift card, courtesy of Bob Tarantino, the good folks at Redefined Realty. So, lines are open. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1130. Here at WISM, Bob Tarantino, your host, Tilt. 10 a.m. We talk all things real estate. I was going to ask you the feds hiked rates. 75. Now, how does, how does it word it again? Three quarters right. of a point.
0: Yeah. 75 basis points is three quarters of a percent. So, uh, that happened last week. Um, we saw interest rates on the mortgage side of things drop significantly after that happened. Exact opposite of what everybody would have probably guessed. I would have most likely even bet my money the other way that, okay, rates are going up again. So that's why we always say that what the Fed does isn't necessarily reflective of what the mortgage rates are going to do. And in this particular, you know, most recent case here, the mortgage rates actually went the opposite and and significantly down. We went from, you know, 5.5% down to 4.875 last week. And now we're up just slightly uh, this week. We're at 5.125. So they're uh, back up a little bit. Um, That's a 30-year fix. 30-year fixed. yep. So, you know, the thing about it is you can't necessarily predict... Um, from day to day or week to week, what's going to happen? Now, the trend, you can start looking at trend and say, well, obviously rates have been going up significantly the last several months. But at the same time, I would put the caveat in there that the last few weeks, at least maybe the last month, they've kind of flattened out and leveled off. And so we might be at that peak where maybe, you know, maybe 6%. That was the peak. Who knows? And maybe they're going to drop or settle back down. Kind of like I think what the home prices are going to do too. I think we hit the peak in. June, maybe into July a little bit. And now home prices are settling down as well. They are, you're seeing it, right, Bob? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's still properties out there in in certain price ranges and certain areas that have been well maintained and, you know, not a lot of work for buyers to do that are getting multiple showings and multiple offers still. But that's not, you know, uh, Gosh, I don't know. Two months ago, Paul, I would have said that was like 75, 80% of the properties were getting that. Now we're down to maybe 10 or 15% of the properties that are getting multiple showings, you know, 10, 15, 20 in the first weekend and several offers on the table. I have now actually seen where it's changed where we're having people offer under asking price. And we haven't seen that
1: in a couple of years. Oh, boy. Yeah. Now I've also seen home inspections come no, back. It that doesn't into mean it's going to be accepted. Not necessarily. But if you're not getting any other offers, right? Well,
0: you know, we've uh, had a saying over the years that kind of went by the wayside the last two and a half years, that the first offer is always the best offer. <laughs> and, you know, we might be getting back to that again where somebody, you know, you, you have your property priced at 399 and somebody comes in and offers you 385 That might be the best offer that you get yeah. from a pricing standpoint. So we're having our sellers now that uh, essentially have priced their house at the peak and they're starting to take concessions. They're taking home inspection contingencies. I've seen a couple of sale of home contingencies get approved. I mean, I would have told you six months ago, you can't even think about writing an offer with a sale of home contingency. There's no way it's going to get accepted. Now I'm starting to see it again. So we're getting back to where the playing field is a little bit more even. The sellers are not in total control anymore. The buyers have uh, some tools that they can use now to kind of level the playing field. We're actually seeing negotiations after home inspections. This is something new, too. So the inspection is done. And the, the buyer comes back and says, hey, there's a few things wrong here. I'm
1: changing my uh, well, my uh offer. We'd, can we'd that...
0: like you to correct them or we'd like you to drop your price or
1: give us a credit of a few thousand dollars. Now, how does that work, Bob? If I'm a buyer and I make an offer, yep. an offer to purchase, it's a contract that's written and signed, right? Right. I can change
0: that? Well, there's going to be contingencies. So, for instance, the home inspection contingency, the buyer may have 10 days or 14 days to do do their inspection. So we always encourage buyers do it as quickly as you can after the offer is accepted so that there's time to negotiate. So let's just say they do that and they come through and they say, well, you know, the roof is really old. It's still okay, but it's old. Uh, the furnace, um, seems to be working, but we fired up the air conditioning, which everybody's going to do today. And air conditioner didn't seem to want to kick in or it wasn't blowing cold air. So we got a defect of some sort there. Could you imagine that today? Oh gosh, that's going to be bad news. Yeah. But then there's other things, you know, um, Double taps and electric boxes. You know, sometimes there's minor things, sometimes there's more majors that maybe a crack in a basement wall. Well, it used to be over the last couple of years that the buyers looked at that stuff. If they were even able to do the home inspection, they looked at stuff and said, you know what, that's fine, we'll take the house anyways. Now they're going back and saying, you know what, we're going to renegotiate with you and here's our proposal. Um, we want a new roof and a new air conditioning unit and we'll deal with the basement wall ourselves. And now the seller's got to say, hmm okay well maybe we'll be okay with that but we don't really want to screw around with trying to put a new roof on because the shingles are hard to get and how about we knock 10 grand off the price and we'll replace the air conditioning and we call it even and now the buyer says all right I think that works for me, and there you go. There's your renegotiated contract.
1: That also takes a good agent and experienced agent to work all of these moving parts, yep, right? It sure to, does. To communicate between the buyer agent and and you representing the seller. You guys work with both, Bob. You work with buyers and sellers.
0: And it's important. You know, there's agents out there that strictly do just listings. There's other agents that strictly work with buyers. I think it's very important for your agent to do both because they have the experience on both sides of the transaction transaction. You've got to have the tools and the knowledge to say, all right, if we have a home inspection with a certain set of defects or a certain set of flaws, where can we go with this? What options do we have to negotiate? You know, if I have a buyer, let's just say uh, say it's my listing, Paul, and you're the buyer. And so your agent comes back to us and says, hey, uh, you know, we got defects in the roof and the air conditioning unit. It's, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand it's going to be. And now I'm the listing agent. I pull out your pre-approval letter with your bank and say, Oh, geez. Well, Paul's only putting down 5% on this house. There's not going to be a lot of wiggle room with, um, how we're going to play this money wise because I can't just say, Well, you pay for this and you know, you might not have the money. You're only putting five percent down so it's like that's every dollar you have just for your down payment so maybe i have to do the roof in that case and i have to replace the air conditioning in order for you to continue to buy the house now at the same time if you uh if i look at your pre-approval letter and i say geez paul's putting 50 percent down on this place Paul's got enough money where he could do this himself. Maybe I go back to you and I say, you know what, Paul, I I just, I don't, I'm the seller here. I'm moving out of state. I'm, you know, whatever the situation is, I don't have time for this. How about I give you a $15,000 credit and you do everything yourself? And you might say, that's fine. I'm putting 50% down on the house, I've got the money, I'll do it myself. I'd
1: actually prefer that.
0: Right. So yeah, this is where a good listing agent comes in. You've got to be able to look at all the pieces of the puzzle and figure out what options might this buyer have and what can we rule out because we know that they're a little bit tight on money. So you come up with a good plan and you make that work and then you go back. Oftentimes you have to go back to the lender and say, hey, here's our new plan. And then the lender says, okay, yeah, that's fine. Or sometimes the lender says, you know what, we don't like this plan. Um, we're not gonna do it so you guys got to figure out something different
1: so there's always that factor too there are some cash deals but in probably what 95% of transactions are there's a mortgage involved
0: well I would have said uh, a couple years ago yeah probably 90 95% now in the last two three years I'd say we maybe saw closer to 20 to 30% cash deals no kidding yeah which is kind of crazy, but uh, that's what people were doing. And I don't necessarily know that um, it was always the buyers that had the money. Sometimes I think it was family money that was coming into the picture. but Inheritance or whatever. Well, whatever, yeah. None of it makes any difference as long as they show up with the cash at closing. That's all that matters. I think we'll start going back now to a point where it's more financing involved than anything
1: else. What about money down? You referred to 5%. What do most and and you bob just backing up a little bit if you're using a lender you always advocate the local Uh, lenders. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the national lenders. They do tons of loans, tons of business. But
0: when we see issues arise prior to closing, it's almost always the big national lenders. Whereas if there's an issue with one of the local lenders, we have resources and contacts that we can go and, hey, hey, we got a little situation here. And they tend to be able to fix these things um, that come up. And and they come up far fewer times, it seems, with the local lenders. So one of the things when you're writing an offer as a buyer, if you have a pre-approval letter from a big national lender, I think you're at a disadvantage compared to somebody who's got a pre-approval letter from a local lender.
1: So money down, can it be as low as 5%? Well,
0: it can be as low as 0% depending on things. Like if you're a veteran, you can get a 0% down VA loan. Those are great loans. They get done almost... 100% 100% of the time, we've run into very few problems, and it's a great benefit for uh, our our vets. Now I'm all for that. Yep. Now, if you don't qualify for something like that, generally speaking, you're looking at 5% down. There's some programs out there where you can, if you qualify, get 3% down, but normally 5% down is the thing, and you will have to pay mortgage insurance until the point where you reach 20% down, at which point there's no more <laughs> it's mortgage It's called insurance. PMI. Yep, PMI, Private Mortgage Insurance. It's just an extra expense as the buyer that you pay every month, yeah. it might be fifty dollars, it might be a hundred dollars, it might be two hundred dollars. Until you hit that point, right? Where you at what, twenty percent? Well yeah, and it, it can take years and years and years to get to that.
1: So oh, yeah. yeah. So So uh, really if you can't afford to put money down, remember Going to my grandma and saying, "Yeah, well, our first condominium. We need like five grand. Can right. I? Borrow? We signed a contract. My grandma made me type a hey, contract. Grandma was smart. Grandma was very smart. Uh huh. One hundred dollars a month, interest-free loan from grandma. We paid her. She. It got to the point, and she has passed away since. My mom talks about this often. She was so sad when it expired. It was five years. <laughs> Right. Five. Does that work out? 12 times of the day? Yeah. And then, and it ended. She goes, I don't get those checks anymore. I look forward to the hundred dollars. <laughs> well, yeah, they paid you back. She goes, right. I know that I looked, it was something to look forward to in the mail. <laughs> so yeah, if that's you, funny. if you can go to mom and dad or grandpa and grandma, even if it's just to get started, that was our first house. We were 20. Three years old?
0: Yeah. Well, and one of the things you have to remember too, if you're scraping up to get the 5% down, you know, you're sitting there, you're looking at houses that are $200,000, which means 5%, you need $10,000. And you're sitting there and you're looking at your bank account. Okay. Well, we get our paychecks. We pay our bills. We got about 5,000 left in the bank. We can't seem to get to that 5% down. And now with inflation. So now you go to mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or whoever and you say, Hey, could I borrow the $5,000 that I need from you guys? and use that for my down payment. And they say, sure, no problem. Let us know what day you're closing and we'll write you the check the day before closing so that you have the money. Guess what? You can't do that. <laughs> you have to have that money in the bank like at least 60 days ahead of time. And uh, they, they change the rules on this a little bit once in a while, but the lender, whoever you go to, is going to look at that money that's sitting in the bank, your down payment, that $10,000. And they're going to say, well, where did it come from? And you have to prove where you got it from, and it has to be your money. However, if it's been in your bank account, I believe it's 60 days or more. So essentially, two bank statements you have to show your bank. Yeah. And that money's been sitting in there. They consider it your money at
1: that point, and they don't care where it came from. Well, when you apply for a mortgage, there's a lot you have to do. You have to show your pay stubs for the oh, last yeah. several
0: pay periods. Th- this down payment thing, though, goofs people up because they think that they can just get it at the last minute, and it's no big deal. That's, that's It a good, doesn't work that way. That's a good way. piece of advice, yeah, Bob. Get the money from mom and dad or wherever you're getting it from. Put it in the bank and let it sit there for 60 days before you go apply for your loan because they're going to want to see a bank statement and they don't want to see that deposit. Hmm. Like if they see that $5,000 deposited, Paul, they're going to say, well, where did it come from? And now they're going to look at, well, mom and dad gave it to us. Well, we can't do your loan now. And it's just it's a rule. It's a Fannie Mae rule, that kind of thing. Um, I can't explain to you where it came from exactly. It's been out there for a long, long time. But you have to follow the rule, otherwise they're going to turn your loan down. So yep. get the money in the bank now. Let it sit for 60 days so that you can don't provide... Don't spend it. Don't spend it, right? <laughs> you need to be able to provide two bank statements, and neither one of those bank statements can show that deposit. So that's the key to that. Now and that
1: that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, not every family can do it. I get it. But if you do have grandparents or an aunt and uncle or, and they want to see you buy a house, most do. Most yeah, parents sure. would love to see their kids invest in a starter home, a condo, something just to... Start Start, right? Well,
0: and you know, I think everybody who missed the boat, you know, we—it's the old uh, saying about riding the rush. You know, <laughs> the rush was the last two and a half years with prices going crazy and through the roof. There's a lot of people that didn't get into the market, and maybe they tried and they just couldn't get accepted offers. Maybe they sat on the sidelines and they they had a lease or whatever, and they just decided to sit there maybe they just weren't ready yet to get in but we're going to have this you know what i think is going to be a lull in the prices right now everything's going to level back down a little bit maybe prices are going to drop some who knows five ten maybe twenty percent you never know But there's going to be great opportunities for people that missed the boat on this last little run to get into the market now. And if that's what you want to do, call us because we'll help you through the process. We'll make sure you get in touch with the right lenders. We'll make sure your down payment and all that stuff gets done the way that it needs to be done. Because what I believe is going to ultimately happen is we're going to have you know maybe from now through spring this lull and we'll see how prices do we'll see where interest rates go and then when we get to about march 1st we're going to be talking again right here on the radio and we're going to be like okay let's reanalyze where the market's going i think the market takes off again next spring and starts you know shooting up where we're going to have big increases in value so if you can get into a house October, November, December, January, February, somewhere in there, I think you're going to do well because I think the market's going to turn and start. you're going to start making
1: appreciation on that property right away. But you got to start preparing now. So the all summer all we talked about well not just summer but going back to the last like you said what two years or so homes were getting more than asking price it was crazy mm-hmm. it was so crazy Bob that you'd almost expect offers on day one or two and if you didn't get one something was weird Th- that
0: was that was it i mean we go through you know, a lot of agents were listing houses on like a Thursday or a Friday figuring that you're going to have all these showings over the weekend and by the end of the weekend you'd accept an offer so if you actually listed a property and it only had a handful of showings over the weekend and no offers – you start looking at yourself in the mirror and say, what the heck did I do wrong? And, I mean, we we had conversations because, you know, we're just like every other brokerage. We have a property here and there that wasn't selling. And you go back and start looking at the MLS information like, geez, did I screw something up? Did I put in two bedrooms instead of three? Or, you know, what did I do? And you go, nope, nope, nope. Everything looks right. And a lot of times what it came down to is the, the sellers priced it at the absolute peak and thought, okay, we, we, we're going to get as much as we can. And buyers looked at that and said, oh, this one's way over. Overpriced, right. which is a weird thing for the last couple of years, but that's what they were saying. And then that property had to drop their price a little bit. And as soon as they did, I, I saw this a number of times, you'd have almost no showings the first three, four, five days. They dropped the price, ten or
1: $15,000, and bam, all of a sudden you'd have 25 showings and six offers. There you go. It's a price. And that... That price range is then goes in a different category in MLS. Yep. Well, so it pops up to the buyers' agents, and they say, "Hey, now this is." See, you know, here is the thing too. There, there was
0: a um, like kind of a mentality out there among the buyers. If you listed your house, Paul, for four hundred fifty thousand, the buyers looked at that and said, "Oh my God, I'm going to have to bid five hundred thousand to get this." They didn't want to bid five hundred thousand. They're like, yeah, "I really like the house at four fifty, but I'm not going to waste my time looking at it because I'm just not going to get it." But when all of a sudden you dropped it to 425, the buyer said, oh, Maybe I can offer 450 and still get this house that I really, so that's what would happen. You'd have this lack of showings and then all of a sudden you drop the price and the buyer's like, okay, well now I, I feel like I can get involved in this game. And yeah, and that, that's the peak. I mean, that's what we define as the peak. We reached that point in the market where the prices got to the peak. And if you priced your house at the peak, you didn't get that many showings. So you had to back off a little bit. And, and this is what we're going to now see for six so months or so. We're, as we're leveling back off. off. Yes, leveling off, backing down—you know, whatever you want to call it—that's what I see for the next Maybe six it's to nine months. A
1: regression to the means—is that what it's called? Everything yeah. kind of go—you know—everything does it. The stock market way, way overinflated for a while, right? We're well, we twenty. Some guys are saying they're up twenty-two percent. You know, year or two ago. Well, now that's come down.
0: Well, and, and everybody, you know, all the experts out there, you always hear this. Well, yeah, we all knew there was a correction coming. Well, you all knew that, but nobody said anything. I'm telling you right now, the correction is coming. It's gonna most likely be six to nine month correction in and in probably, the real estate market. Yep, you're and, talking and probably by spring, we're gonna we're gonna take off and, and start going back up again. But we'll see. There's a lot of uncertainty. The interest rates, it's hard to predict what they're gonna do. Well, the, the, the elections will have something. The elections, to say yep. To yep. All these things are gonna factor. Is into there it.
1: a red wave or
0: uh, are some
1: people expecting a red wave and maybe not so
0: well and a lot of people are predicting a real estate crash and i i don't see that because i don't think we're in the same position we were you know 15 years ago when it crashed Back then, we had tons of bad loans out there. The lenders were giving money to anybody. They didn't care about underwriting. They just give everybody a loan. It didn't matter. Uh, we had that. We had very bad unemployment. You know, right now we don't have either one of those things. We don't have high
1: unemployment. Unemployment came out. Did you see the job oh, yeah. numbers yesterday? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There, there's jobs. If you want a job, there's jobs. There's jobs, but they said the job reports, a lot of them weren't, it was, Uh, reporting part-time jobs too Mm -hmm. so you take it with a grain of salt but unemployment's at like 3.5 percent, which is pretty much full employment
0: yeah and so you know theoretically i mean i suppose maybe the recession hits and all of a sudden we do have unemployment if that's the case well then we've taken one of those factors and moved it back to what we had in 2007. But the other important thing too is I don't think the lenders for the most part have been giving out very many bad loans. People have been well qualified that have been buying these houses or paying cash. Well, if you paid cash and don't have a mortgage, you don't particularly care what happens with the market. You just stay in your house and you ride out the the drop or whatever. And even if you do have a mortgage if you're comfortable making your payments because you know you have a job well the same thing okay so prices drop 10 or 15 20 doesn't matter you just keep making your payments and you wait for the appreciation to come back those are the two big differences and that's why i don't think we're going to have a housing market crash unless something else really significantly
1: changes in the next six months or so people like to talk it's sensational it's news it's headlines turn on tv listen to cable everybody tends to over exaggerate everything oh for sure you're, yeah am I alone in that? <laughs> Social media, my, yeah. the world's coming to an end. No, it's not. Well, and Everybody picks one source. and Well, I heard this. And
0: yes. I, the, the thing I always uh, hear is I talk people about the will internet. say, they say, well, who's they? Well, I don't know. I just heard something. They. they. They always say that. Just listen to people. They'll say it. They say that interest rates are going up. They say that housing market's going to crash. The fact is,
1: nobody knows.
0: Nobody knows. It's just people. It's guessing. And, and sometimes it's educated guesses. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes yeah. they're wrong. Even
1: the educated guesses, you can Listen to 10 experts in the financial market. So half of them are saying we're in a recession right now yep. because two consecutive quarters of negative growth, right? Others are saying, no, we're not because of the low job, the low unemployment numbers. We're not, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's all. You know what? Real estate, real estate through the Great Depression went on, Bob. Right. Everybody right. needs right. to buy and sell a house at some point in their life, and that's the way it's going to be forever. Yep. Of course, no doubt about it. Of course, it ebbs and flows. When was the last? The bubble burst. Was that oh eight oh uh, nine? Kind of started uh, right about the
0: start, of, beginning of two thousand seven, and went through about two thousand ten. The
1: upside down mortgages, yeah. and that's what you said. Now we you don't want to see a lender give people money where they can't.
0: They well, can they, afford they their were paying zero percent down loans where they didn't verify your income, they didn't verify your assets, they didn't care what your credit scores were, and you paid through the nose on interest rates for that kind of stuff, and. Fees and all kinds of different things. Well, as soon as the market crashed, those people were belly up and they didn't care. And so, you know, unless that changes, uh, you know, if all of a sudden we drop 30, 40%, well, yeah, we got a housing problem on our hands. But if the market only corrects 5, 10, 15%, I don't know that it affects anybody right. all
1: that much. That's right. And That's, if it's 10% or under, it's not even a correction. It's just.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of day to
1: day life. It's just an, it's just another Thursday, Bob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the way it is. Hey, we've probably never talked to 935. We have never Ooh, taken yeah, a pretty break. pretty good. I didn't even realize it was this late. Also, I haven't realized we haven't taken going to call and we offered up starbucks cards i so guess folks, i'm drinking starbucks alone either bob's going to have a lot of caffeine in him, <laughs> or we're going to take a break we're going to ask for calls you're going to get a starbucks gift card if you call in 799-1130 the academic mortgage talk and text line we're talking real estate redefine realty at 3.99 percent commission hosted by bob tarantino i'm paul kronforst we'll be back on wisn program.
0: Carrick Homes has been delivering innovative home designs in unique neighborhoods. Visit CarrickHomes.com. That is K-A-E-R-E-K Homes.com. Or call 414-321-5300 to see how you can with Carrick. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to the Redefined Realty Show. Over the last couple years, we made a decision to relocate our offices into several local Meyer food stores, Milwaukee, West Bend, and Waukesha to be specific. We often have agents right on site so you can shop for your groceries and wheel your cart right into our office to schedule an appointment. It's a really unique setup, and it's super convenient for home sellers. Thanks again for listening. We're about to get started.
1: Talk 1130 WISN, the Redefined Realty Show, live every Saturday 9 o'clock, hosted by Bob Tarantino. Let's answer a couple of questions. We're going to then talk about investment properties a little bit. We've got a poly pick. There's one featured home. On today's show, we'll get to that and taking your calls. You'll get a Starbucks card if you call in the program. Right now, Albert from Milwaukee. Good morning, Albert. Albert, good morning. Good morning. I enjoy your show. You have a lot of interesting things. Um, My question is when the city assesses the value of your house, how does that affect your calculating the the, the sale value, the real sale value, and and taking into, into consideration? Yeah, you know, things that need to be, be, be repaired or
0: updated. Sure, yeah, great question. Um, we talk about this with sellers all the time. And the, the realistic answer is the assessed value doesn't have a whole lot to do with the actual market value of your house. Now granted, if the assessor's been out very recently, they're looking at sales of houses that are similar to yours in the same community, and they try to get as close as they can, but don't ever let that number be the thing in your head that says, yeah, this is what my house is worth, because Oftentimes, um, we're going to be able to sell it for 10, 20, you know, some cases 30, 40, 50% over what the assessed value is, depending on the market conditions. Um, I, I can tell you over the last couple of years, there were houses that were assessed at $275,000 that we sold for $450,000. Now, you got to remember too, the person that bought that house, they're going to get reassessed. And it's going to get reassessed close to that 450,000 that they paid and their taxes are going to go up accordingly. So, um, it's kind of a game that the, you know, is played out there between the municipalities and what the market values really are. So uh, don't let that bother you too much. Um, the other part of your question, you know, about repairs and all that, the assessor is really not going to look at any of that stuff. Um, that's where we come in and we can help you with that market analysis and talk to you about things that you can do to improve your house. And we're a big believer, too, that it's not a bad thing. Like, if you're thinking about selling your house in spring or maybe even, you know, the year following that, have one of our agents come out now, and we'll talk to you about things that you can do that will make your house better that you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money on, you don't have to put a lot of elbow grease into, but yet they look nice and the buyers are going to appreciate it and they're going to pay more for your house. So I, I think that's the key, Albert, when it's all said and done, is don't worry too much about the assessed value and have one of our agents come out and talk to you because it, it's very valuable when they do.
1: Okay. Could the assessed value go the other way?
0: It, it could, yeah. I mean, when, when the market was tough back, you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10 in that area, there were houses that were assessed for 275 that, you know, were selling for 240 So it can go the other direction, and at some point it probably will because everybody's going to get reassessed in the next couple years, and those values are going to be reflective of what today's market values were. And if all of a sudden the market corrects by 20%, well, guess what? Now your assessment's higher than what your house is really worth.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much. Yep, thanks for the call. Good questions, Albert. Don't hang up. I'll put you on hold, and we'll get you information for a Starbucks card. You wanted to spend some time discussing investment properties today.
0: Yeah, you know, we sell a lot of properties for people and help a lot of people buy properties that are two to four units. That's what we consider residential investment properties. Once you get over four units, then it becomes a commercial investment property. And we do some of that too. We, we've sold eight units, 16 units, 20 unit buildings, that type of thing. But a lot of our business is two to four units. And oftentimes when somebody buys those, they plan on living in it, but sometimes they buy it strictly for, Investment and Craig and I had developed a formula over the years as to how to uh, value these properties, and it it was pretty simple. Uh, We take the rents, so let's say you had a duplex, and you're getting $1,200 in each unit, so that's $2,400. We would multiply that twenty-four dollars by a hundred and come up with two hundred and forty thousand, and that would hold pretty true to what that property would ultimately sell for. And you have to remember with investment properties, it's kind of just a big math problem. Whoever buys that wants to make sure that they're cash flowing and that the you know they're they don't have a lot of expenses and the tenants pay their rent and, and there's a lot that comes into it, but that was the formula. In recent years, like the last two to three years again, we've been seeing our formula change where it wasn't multiply it by 100. It was multiply it by 125. Oof. And so that was 25% over what we used to tell people and what used to hold true in the market. And part of the reason was because everybody wanted to get into investment properties. And not only that, there's tons of people. I, I can't tell you how many people I talked to. Well, we haven't raised the rents in five years or seven years well, or eight I think, years. Isn't that changing now, though? Well, right. Right, So they're great tenants. They always pay on time. We don't want to lose them. So, okay, that's fine. You're charging them $1,200 a month when you could have been charging them $1,600 a month. And so now a new owner comes in and says, "Well, hey, as soon as your lease is up, guess what? Your rent's going up. Oh, it's going to go up for sure." And so all of a sudden, the hundred twenty five dollar number became, or hundred twenty five dollar multiplier became the number that we were using, and that seems to be holding pretty realistic on on a lot of deals now. So we'll see how that changes in the future here because rents are through the roof, and it seems like there's an uh, I don't know, almost an unlimited amount of tenants out there that are willing
1: to pay big bucks to yes. rent. See, I don't get that. It, if I'm paying that much in rent, like $1,600 could be a nice mortgage oh gosh. That'd be yeah. a nice house. Really nice house, yep. So it's to each their own. Some people have to rent because they know they're moving or a job yep. change. Mm-hmm. So I get it. There's always a, a market for it, but I, I like that type of investment. Everybody I know that owns duplexes, some of them many, like a dozen oh, or yeah. more, have a management company take care of them. And well, they collect the checks and pay the property tax. And I
0: tell you, Paul, one of the best moves you can make. Let's say you live in a two unit building or maybe even a four unit building and you're generally okay with that style of living. You know, you've got neighbors in common walls and, and all that kind of stuff. Do what you can to scrape up that 5% down and let us help you buy a property like that. You can stay in it but let the other tenants pay your mortgage. That's, <laughs> That's what the is. key to everything, because yeah. now two years down the road, five years down the road, you've built up a whole bunch of equity. Now you have a bunch of money that you've saved because they, that you can turn around and plow either into another multifamily property, or maybe you buy a single family home, and at the same time you do that, you can decide, well, do I want to keep this property? Because I'm getting so much rent out of everybody, maybe I just keep it, or it's worth so much more than I paid for it, maybe I sell it. But now you have
1: options. And you'll never get those options if you stay a renter. That's exactly right. Even if it's starting in a duplex, you live in one side. Oh, yeah. The other guy's rent is going to... Go that's how most people way start. towards your mortgage. They value. buy
0: one, then they buy another. Mm-hmm. Then the next thing you know, they're 35 years old and they have
1: 15 of them. And, hey, you're making uh, a living just off of those properties. Eventually, you're going to get so much equity built up, you're going to own those homes, mm-hmm. Bob. And then you, you could sell them. And that's a tidy little profit there, sure too. Is. So we got to call or take a break real quick. We got to get to Paulie's pick. It's all ahead of us. So don't go anywhere as the Redefined Realty Show continues with your host, Bob Tarantino on WISN fingers come in different size
0: individual home
1: be honest it just felt right Susie and Scott Kuhn discovered their ideal single-family home in Cedarburg at the Glen at Cedar Creek complete with outdoor maintenance services it's a whole new lifestyle we wanted someone else to shovel the snow and cut the lawn which is what they do here so that we could spend our time doing other things condominium homes also selling in our neighborhoods in Muskego Franklin and Brookfield Visit CornerstoneDevelopment.com and come see for yourself.
0: We're back for segment three of the Redefined Realty Show... At any given time, we have between 20 and 30 agents throughout the state, most right here in southeast Wisconsin. The easiest way to get started with our 3.99% commission plan is to schedule a free, no obligation, comparable market analysis. You can do that with a phone call to our statewide number at 262-732-5800 or a quick visit to our website, redefinedrealty.com.
1: to do this really quick we got a paulie's pick to get to uh bob tarantino is taking your calls here in wisn i want to answer in new berlin paul has a unique question and we'll do it quick good morning paul good morning what's up paul uh, i was calling in to ask if it's a if, if it would be a good time to uh start um classes to become a real estate agent
0: Oh, for sure. I mean there there's never really a bad time. We're always looking to hire good people and and I can tell you, I rarely hire people that have a real estate license already that have worked for the six percent brokers because it's hard for me to untrain them. And so if you're somebody that's new, just thinking about taking the classes and doing that, I'd love to talk to you when the time comes. Um you can jump into the market anytime you want. It doesn't matter if it's a good market or bad market. We uh we tend to find ways to make that work for people and and build your career up. Um, keep in mind it's about a three-year process in my opinion to really build the career to the point where you can become pretty independent and know what you're doing and knowing how much money you're going to make and understanding everything but uh, yeah i'd love to sit down and talk the, to the you.
1: process itself paul you need a state license to be yep.
0: and you have to pass the test pass that you take the classes you pass the test and the classes can be online but you can also take them in a sit-down type of setting but yeah then you pass the test and that's it
1: you're good to go uh, it's a good question. Uh, my wife got into real estate seven years ago. My yeah. daughter mm-hmm. Peyton has been in, and they love. And you're right. Do instant success? No, it's going to take a year, two, three years, maybe. Most people to it's build it three. up. Yep,
0: and yeah. and then after that, it's a type of career where you can be very independent, run your business the way you want to run it. Um, you're going to join a brokerage most likely, or you're going to start up your own firm. But um, you're going to follow that brokerage's uh, policies and guidelines and business model. Um, but after that, you know, you're you're an independent contractor in most cases, so you can kind of run your day to day show however you want. And you know, I don't check in with my agents every day. Most of uh-huh. them, I don't even talk to on Their a daily freedom, basis. Freedom, they love it. They're yeah.
1: on, you know, the harder you work the better you're going to do that's ultimately the thing yeah and you're on your own and you communicate good if you're good at returning calls and uh it, it can be a heck of a career it's a good question. We don't often get that. I'm glad he called no, in. Thanks for calling, Paul. Hey, we have, speaking of Paul, we have only one Paulie pick, and we've got about a minute to do it, by
0: All me. right. We had a, actually a huge listing week for August, the uh, first week of August, I think seven, eight properties, something like that. Uh, the one we're going to highlight today is on County Road NN, like Nancy Nancy, in Rubicon. Uh, my wife, Colleen, listed this one. It's a four-acre parcel, four-car garage, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, about uh, 2,256 square feet. She's got marked down here, single-family home, and it's priced at 474900 four nine hundred. So under that half-million-dollar mark on four acres, I would think she'd get some pretty good
1: action. Oh, think of that. So um, four acres, four bedrooms... Mm-hmm. And the price is four seventy nine.
0: Yeah, and uh, Rubicon's beautiful. I mean, if you've ever been out there, it's just uh, rolling hills and rivers, and it's uh, it's gorgeous in Rubicon. Where is Rubicon? Uh, you're gonna go kind of um, if you can picture where Hartford is. You're gonna go kind of west and north ish, Oh, Kettle Moraine ish. Well, sort of rolling hills. Yeah, out Highway sixty, um, you know,
1: west of Highway eighty three, west sure. of Highway sixty seven ish, kind of out that way. But it's beautiful out there. That is a nice area. Yeah, yeah. When you get to Richfield, and you keep on going north and west. West, beautiful.
0: Yeah. Like Aaron, I love the town of Aaron. Town of Aaron's oh gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah, you can't beat Holy Hill. and Rubicon
1: area. is right there, and Rubicon's close to all that. So that is on your website, Bob. All yours, All your homes. Redefinedrealty.com. Yep. Not just Redefine's listings. Remember, the state Yrix feed, the MLS fed through there. So all of the homes, Bob, are on your site. That is true. Check it out. Or you can call Redefined Realty, 262-732-5800. They're located in three area Myers stores, Waukesha, West Bend, and the Sussex Pewaukee Meyer Store. With Bob Tarantino, I'm Paul Kronforst on WISN. That's going to wrap up this week's show. But before we're out of time, about a minute left, Bob. 3.99% commission. com. We did not mention once this show. you courtesy trailers to help move this. Oh yeah, those things are moving
0: in and out of the lot all the time. The customers love the free use of the trailers. And I can tell you as a fact that as this market changes and settles down, real estate commissions start playing back into the calculation again. You can save a lot of money with our commission plan. You don't have to pay 6%. I guarantee you, you're going to get all the same services and, and probably even a better agent than you're going to get. Well, that's 26%. how
1: we started this show. 3.99% full M LS service. You're saving yep. thousands of dollars. The best real estate company in Wisconsin. RedefineRealty.com. Another great hour. Thanks, Bob. See ya. Stay cool. Your very warm and humid and hot. Sticky forecast is coming up with the top of the hour news. Then the Retirement Clinic continues on WISN.
0: I'm Brett Octenhagen.